Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I am Pastor Neil Wemus. I am a pastor of uh, St. John Luther Church in May City, uh, St. Peter Luther Church in Ocheedon, and Zion Lutheran Church in Horton Township. Today is uh, going to... is. The second of three days of wintry weather. Yesterday we got about seven inches of snow uh, with some pretty strong winds. Today uh, it is at this at the moment uh, 29 below wind chill, uh, negative four for the actual temperature, and it's only supposed to get colder uh, by tomorrow morning. It's supposed to approach 50 below wind chill, and as such. Uh, all three of our congregations have canceled their services. And so now I realize that not everybody has access to Internet, and I know this is only going to reach some people. Uh, nonetheless, this is the tradition that I've kind of created since I've been here, is whenever there is a inclement weather where we have to um, cancel services, such as today, is to record a service, put it online, and so at least some people can get it. So this is going to be a recording of the Order of Matins um, out of Lutheran Service Book. Uh, you could, If you have a Lutheran Service Book hymn, hymnal, it is page 219. If you don't, you can just listen along and, so, and follow along. And so to start things off, we are going to, I'm, we're going to start with the hymn on Jordan's Bank, The Baptist Cry, which is Lutheran Service Book 344. On Jordan's Bank, the Baptist Cry, announces that the Lord is nigh. Awaken, hearken, for he brings glad tidings of the King of Kings. Then cleanse me every life from sin, make straight the way for God within, and let us all our hearts prepare for Christ to come and enter there. We hail thee as our Savior, Lord, our refuge and our great reward. Without the grace we waste our way like flowers with that wither and decay. Lay on the sick thy healing hand, and make the fallen strong to stand. Show us the glory of thy face, till beauty springs in every place. All praise eternal Son to thee, whose advent sets thy people free, whom with the Father we adore, and Holy Spirit evermore. <coughs> Excuse me. We begin with the order of service on page 219. 
out of the Lutheran service book. Oh Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, King who comes to save us. Behold, the Lord comes to save us. Oh, come, let us worship him. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. The deep places of the earth are in his hand, the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hand formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Blessed be God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, come, let us worship Him. We continue with Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright, in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. 
They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. We continue with hymn number 331, The Advent of Our King. The advent of our King, our praise must now employ, and we must hymns of welcome sing in strains of holy joy. The everlasting Son, incarnate deigns to be, Himself our servants, form puts on to set His servants free. O Zion's daughter, rise to meet your lowly King, nor let your faithless heart despise the peace he comes to bring. As judge on clouds of light, he soon will come again, and his true members all unite with him in hand to Before the dawning day, let sin's dark deeds be gone. The sinful self be put away, the new self now put on. All glory to the Son, who comes to set us free. With Father, Spirit, ever one, through all eternity. The Old Testament reading for today, the fourth Sunday in Advent, is taken from Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter, where it writes, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Oreb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. This is, O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The epistle lesson is taken from 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter where Paul writes, This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. 
Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Gospel lesson is taken from St. John, the first chapter, which writes, And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing, if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. But among you stands one who you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place at Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. O oh Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. We continue with hymn 347. Comfort, comfort ye my people. As a note, this is one that I'm not very good at singing, so I'm going to use a recording uh, for the internet. Um, so um, bear with me as a, a moment as I bring that up.
Sorry, that's only two verses of the hymn. That was all I could find on YouTube. So, um, that's done by the Concordia Publishing House, uh, CD, Hymn for All Saints. The text for the sermon this day is taken from John chapter 1, which is read to you earlier. Specifically these words. Who are you? He confessed to not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then are you? What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, peace, mercy to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All throughout our lives, we struggle with the question, who are we? Who am I? That's the question. Well, actually, the question is to be or not to be, but for this purpose of the sermon, the question is, who am I? Throughout the last three, throughout these four weeks of Advent, these four Sundays, I have been kind of loosely following the themes of the National Youth Gathering this, from this past summer in New Orleans. The first week, we focused on the theme of, of humility. The second week, we focused on the theme of community. And then the third week, last week, we focused on the theme of joy. This week, we could focus into the fourth theme, and that is identity. Who are you? Our identity. Like I said, we're trying to figure it out all throughout our lives. Who are we? We grow up when the, from the minute we're born. We are trying to figure out who we are. In the context of our family. Which child am I? Am I going to be the spoiled one? If you're, first, if you're the first child, that's going to define your identity to some degree. If you're the third child, that's going to define your identity to some degree. The age gap between you and your siblings will affect who you are. And then when you get older and you go into school, you again struggle with the identity with your classmates. How do I fit in? What kind of person? Am I going to be a jock? Am I going to be one of the pretty girls? Am I going to be, um, you know, what? Who am I? And then, and it goes through that every, and you go through phases. The people who you're friends with in elementary are not your, sometimes are not your friends in junior high. And the friends who you're friends with in junior high end up not being your friends in high school. And then when you go to college, you all of a sudden have to leave all those people behind if you go to college. But whatever, you graduate from high school. Whether you go to college, if you go straight to the workforce, you leave all these people behind and you have to develop a new identity. And... 
Much of that identity is going to be tied to your major. And, you know, you graduate from college, you get out of that, and again, your identity comes into question. You, have your, you get married, you have kids. When those kids graduate and they move out of the house, you have to struggle. When you lose your spouse, when you lose a child, death creates questions about who am I? It's always an ongoing question. Who are you? This is the question that was proposed to the apostle, to John the Baptist, sorry. John the Baptist was asked the question, Who are you? And it's interesting, the text says that he did not deny but rather he made a confession. I am not the Christ. What then are you, Elijah? I am not. Which I understand this creates a little bit of confusion because just last week in our gospel lesson, Jesus said that John was Elijah. So... Um, who's right? Well, the answer is both are right. They're just answering a different question. Jesus is Eli The problem is, is that some in the time of John the Baptist expect Elijah to have kind of a reincarnation. That he would, that somehow Elijah in, in total literal reality would return. All right? But... But, that is not how it worked. Rather, John is a prophet in the spirit of Elijah. This is confessed in the Gospel of Luke. This is confessed by Jesus um, a couple of times. And so that's who G he is. He is Elijah. So just kind of, I know I'm a little sidetracking here, but he is... But nonetheless, the question still is, are you Elijah incarnate? Are you the prophet? And he answered, <coughs> and again answers, confessing, no. They're wanting to know who this guy is. This guy that's out of the wilderness preaching and baptizing. They want to know who his identity is. And he says it. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. See, he is the he knows who he is. He's been prepared this from his birth, from from his conception. His parents have been raising him on this. That he is the one. He is the forerunner to the Christ. To the Messiah. To the promised one. To the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. As he would confess in a little bit. In this very same chap. Very same reading. He knows who he is in relationship to Jesus. He confesses it. He confesses 
that he is the one predetermined by God himself to point the way to Jesus, to make straight the way of the Lord. And so again, the question is, who are you? Who are we? So again, I'm following this theme of identity. Could we learn something from John? Now I know some people are getting probably a little uneasy as I kind of work through the sermon this way. And I realize I'm a little bit of I'm dancing a fine line here. And I understand that. But who we are is an important question. See, John knew who he was because he knew that Jesus, his cousin, born of Mary, is the Christ. He knew he was because who he knew who Jesus was. He knew what the messages of the Lord himself, the angels themselves, said of him. His parents said of him. He knew who he was. Because he knew who Christ was. And see, that is stepping into how we know who we are. We look at who we are based on our relationship to God himself. And it begins in this life, in this world, it begins with this reality. We are poor, miserable sinners. We have sinned against God by thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved the Lord with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. And we justly deserve temporal and eternal punishment from God. We fail all the time. We know it. We do not love God with our whole heart. We do not love our neighbor as ourselves. To show, this was an example that I heard on issues, etc. I thought it was a great way to show our sinful nature. Christmas is coming up. Many of you have been spending a whole bunch of time shopping, trying to get things together, and you're trying to go buy that great and wonderful gift for that certain someone. And you're looking forward to that day when your grandkids or great-grandkids or nephews or nieces or whatever open that present. And you're going to sit there on that day and they're, they're tearing apart the Christmas wrapping and they find the gift. And then they react. But they don't react the way 
you want them to. And how do you feel? The fact that you, and you're dis, and so you're disappointed, right? Does that not highlight, even in that moment of giving to another, we still desire something for ourselves? Shows the impurity, even in our giving. We want thankfulness. How many people, if they don't get a thank you for something good that they've done, will not give back to that person? We demand something in exchange for what we do. Could you imagine if our God worked that way? Could you imagine that? He decided, I'm not going to forgive sins on this. You are always grateful for every sin you ever are forgiven. And if you don't show gratefulness for every single act of forgiveness, I'm going to just stop forgiving you. Imagine if our God worked that way. We would be done after our baptism. We're not grateful for our baptism. If we were, our churches would be filled to the brim every Sunday. And I'm not talking about days like today where it's cold and snowy and all that. I'm talking about on a normal every day. If we were truly grateful for the gifts that God gives us, our churches would never have a problem with attendance. Churches would not be closing down around this country. And yet, for us, if somebody does not show the right gratefulness in us giving to someone, we don't want to give. There shows the sinfulness even in those moments where we think we are being good. I mean, that is who we are. Before God. That is. We sin. And so. Our sinfulness. Is so. We are so filth. That even. Our seemingly righteous acts. Are acts. Of sinfulness. Very often. So who are we before God? We are poor miserable sinners. Deserving of eternal damnation. A deserving of the full wrath of God. But. This is where our identity also is. See John prepared. Was sent forth. To make straight the way of the Lord. John was sent to baptize with water. A water of repentance. But Jesus. Was sent forth. But Jesus. Gives you. A gift of baptism. See. When we are baptized. We are brought to those waters. 
We, these we, these poor, ugly, nasty, sinful nature is brought before those waters. And then the pastor takes that water and he pours it upon our head and says, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And in those blessed waters, with the word, You were given a new identity. A child, an heir of God. Because you see, in the waters of baptism, that sinful nature which you bring to those waters, because that's all you bring to your baptism, you provide your sin, and that sin is lifted off of you and placed. Upon the cross of Jesus Christ. And there your sin is placed on him. And he receives your righteousness. And he suffers the full penalty of your filthy righteousness. Do you not know? That all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. And then in the waters of baptism you receive a new robe of righteousness. You put on Christ as Galatians chapter 3 confesses, that in baptism we are clothed with Christ. Because you see, he who knew no sin became sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God. Who are you? In baptism, you are a son and an heir of God. That's who you are. And everything flows from that reality. It was this righteousness was given to you, is being given. To you. As a free gift. See baptism. It's not a one time deal. It's not just happened. You know many years ago. It didn't just happen in 1982 for me. It's still happening. Your baptism. Carries you all the way forth. <coughs> Who are you? You are. Who am I? I am baptized into Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am an heir of God. Therefore, the devil has nothing on me. Therefore, I do not fear condemnation. Therefore, the celebration of Christmas, which is so fast approaching. Therefore, the celebration of Easter is mine. That resurrection is my resurrection. The, the birth of Jesus 
is the reminder that God entered into human flesh in order that he may go to the tree, not the Christmas tree, but to the tree that is the cross, and to suffer and die on the cross, and to rise on the third day. And then in the waters of baptism, I died on that cross. And in the waters of baptism, I rose from that tomb. That is who you are. That is who you are. See, your identity, we're always trying to figure out who we are. Now, I can't tell you what your job is going to be. I can't tell you whether you're going to do well financially or not. I cannot tell you what God has in plan for you. I don't know when you're going to die, how long you're going to live. But I know that all of it, no matter what happens, for those who have faith, it begins with this reality. I am baptized into Christ Jesus. Therefore I know that as one who is predestined, he works for the good of you and me. That he has redeemed you by the cross. And we have nothing to fear. And it means that when that last day comes, the world comes crumbling down and death is all around us. We know where we are destined to the place where there is peace, where there is unity in the Son of God, where there is a feast beyond your wildest imagination. Till that day, to God, to our Savior, to Christ, who has come, is come, and will come again, be all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith and a life everlasting. Amen. At this time, we continue with the recording of the service by singing the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. This could be found in your hymnal on Lutheran Service Book 357. 